Cool. Well, we're here, my man. Uh, I, I appreciate you first and foremost. Um, this is the inaugural. This is the first ever Call Your Own Shots podcast, man. This is um, this is a long time coming for myself. Uh, you know, obviously, we talked about the shot callers and just that platform being the you know authentic media platform for sports culture and entertainment. Um, and the reason why I wanted to start the podcast was one to give people that I know as colleagues, as friends um, in and around the sports and entertainment industry, their flowers, um, and also allow them to, you know, set the platform for what they do, um, all the great stuff that they've done uh, in and around the industry, uh, and also educate the next generation of people that, you know, young men and women that are looking up uh, to us uh, and that are interested in getting to the sports and entertainment industry. So of course, you know, First, first episode, we working through all the kinks, man. We're working through all the technical difficulties, but we back. So, uh, just to kick it back off again, Jamel Torrance, appreciate you uh, for for jumping on. Um, you know, obviously, you're the social media strategist uh, and content manager for the NBA 2K League. Uh, a quick rundown on a bio about you: you're an experienced content strategist. Uh, you know, with developing creative social and content strategies. So, uh, obviously, a wealth of experience there that goes into that and to your role right now, but. Uh, you know, first and foremost, want to thank you again for uh, for jumping on. But uh, you know, appreciate you for please. having me. First, yeah, guest. No. I feel honored. I, I'm humbled by that, so I appreciate that. I had to keep it with the home team, man. I had to, uh, you know, get New York on here first. So, sure. um, all good, man. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, let's kick it off, man. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about the shot callers and you know what this brand platform is meant to do um, and inspire for the next generation of uh, you know sports industry professionals, but. You know, super curious to for you to share with the people, um, you know, listeners and viewers, you know, if you could just dive a little bit to your background, you know, where you're from, really kind of how you stumbled into the industry and really how you identify your passion within sports and entertainment. Um, that'd be great, man. And we'll, we'll keep it rolling from there. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, I, I'm born and raised in New York. I, I grew up in Brooklyn and Harlem. I claim both. Um, I spent weekdays going to school in Brooklyn. Every weekend, I was taking the train to Harlem, staying in my pop's crib. Um, so, I, you know, both environments really kind of helped raise me and, and honed who I am today. Um, <clears throat> and, yeah, like, uh, I think I had a, a very unique uh, upbringing where, like, having that dual, I guess, kind of background where, like, I, I get to grow up in, like, you know, the gritty and, and griminess of, like, Brooklyn at times in, like, the early 2000s. Um, but also like having some of that like Harlem flair and, and culture um, kind of also inspire me. And uh, and it was nice because like when I lived in Brooklyn, when I was staying in Brooklyn with my moms, like that that's really like my my Hispanic side. So, you know, that's a whole different background than from in Harlem. when I go to Harlem, that was my black side, that's my, my family in Harlem up there. So like, again, like an, another dual aspect to just like who I am and like I think what helps balance me out and everything I do. Um, so yeah, my pops, I grew up in a basketball family and my pops was a ball player. So naturally that just kind of passed down to me, grandparents, uncles, pops, me, now my little brother's a hooper. Um, so that is kind of like what kind of really shaped my experience growing up, like going to AAU tournaments, playing local ball. Um, everything I did was around, around, revolved around sports, basketball specifically. So going to school, even going to boarding school, like specifically going to boarding school for, for basketball. Um, so everything I did, you know, trying to, you know, play at the next level, playing college, um, everything, everything around revolved around like how to get better at the game and then what opportunities could sports provide me so that I wasn't just a kid, you know, in the neighborhood who, who didn't have anything to do 
or was just growing up getting into the wrong things. Um, so yeah, sports really shaped everything I did. Like, and then it, so much so that like I it, it taught me so many lessons that I, I think I take to through with myself today. Like in the work environment, how to work in a team, work with other people, um, understanding different personality types, understanding when to lead and when to be a follower and take a step back. Um, so yeah, sports really just kind of encouraged everything I did today. No, that's a fact. And, and you touched on something real quick too about like boarding school and having that shape you, uh, you know, to a certain extent as well. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm a boarding school, you know, alum as well. So playing sports was a thing and, you know, that changes your trajectory in terms of what you want to learn in college or what you want to pursue in school as well. Mm -hmm. Can you briefly just touch on, you know, kind of how that shaped, you, you know, your desire to kind of be in sports as well? Yeah, I mean, like easily, it was pretty easy for me. Like I knew I didn't want to be like a coach, like my pops, but I knew I wanted to stay around the game, right? Like I knew I didn't want to wake up every weekend, be in a gym, coaching basketball. Like I did that in my whole first life. And I was like, but how can I stay around the game and do something? You know, everyone always says like, you don't feel like you're working if, you, if you're doing something you really enjoy. And I knew that, I mean, for me, it meant I had to be around sports in some, some way. Um, and while I was in college, I was kind of tapping into uh, my creativity and realizing like, oh, I think I could be in content. I think I could be in storytelling. I think I'd be in writing. So I, originally I thought I'd be a film writer, was working on writing scripts, had some sports ideas. And then I thought for me, my way into that was like, all right, film is the highest part of like creating content. Like what is the way in? What is the door in? Like what is the first step? If if I don't have the you know necessary background in film, because I didn't go to a film school, like how can I start to make content? So immediately to me that meant like oh social media is this thing you know I was I was in college um 2012 is my, my freshman year I started so like social media Instagram is really starting to bubble it's not really a video platform yet but it, it, I started to realize like oh there's different things you can do on YouTube there's different things you can do social media um to create content and this could be a step for me to sort of like maybe get into that world maybe I can write a series and put it on YouTube and, and digitally or put it on Twitter and maybe that'll help me build my resume or portfolio that one day I can write a whole feature film that someone could, you know, um, you know, want to make or produce one day. So for me, it was like that simple. Yeah, no, that's dope because you hear a lot about you hear some stories about like people that, you know, before they got their big break, you know, they, you know, were writing or maybe they would right. shoot stuff on, on YouTube. Issa Rae is known for. Uh, you know, talking about a lot of her series that were on YouTube before she obviously made it to HBO and, and made a killing doing that. Right. Some things that she was doing, you know, obviously at the height of uh, social media when it was coming up, when it was bubbling, that you were, you know, getting your hands on it, just trying, really just getting easy, either, either easy wins or just getting exercise and reps and, and doing stuff and, and finding out how, how things work with these platforms. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because, like, initially I wasn't getting any wins, like, it it was hard, right? Like I was like, and I think everyone probably experiences like you trying to get an internship, you trying to do content, like, and everyone's saying no, like, where's your experience, right? And like, you just keep getting knocked down. So like, the first thing I did, I was like, you know what? No one's gonna give me experience. Like, I'm gonna just create my experience. And so mm -hmm. I went to my dad, and I was like, yo, like you run it. Like he's a he's a high school basketball coach. So I like I was like, yo, I'll run the social media for your basketball team, like. And he was like, all right. So like I started creating content around like their highlights, their games, their schedule, practices, player profiles, like different things like that. Like, 
you know what, like I want to get into the social media world and get some internship experience. This might be a way for me to do that. So I kind of did that early on for a couple of years. Um, and then I, I remember I have a, a really good friend who's a college basketball player at the time. And uh, I was like, yo, I want, I want, he was, he played division three at SUNY Marathon in the Bronx. And, uh, and I was like, yo, I want to do like a little bit of a, like a, a, a video profile on you. Um, he was like the best player on his team. And uh, I knew it'd be just an opportunity for me to like, just create a portfolio a profile of my work. And, um, and uh, he was like, I bet. And like, he had this, he just had this triple double in a game, like after I spoke to him and it was like perfect. Like he had the highlights to it. And then I would just sat him down, did like a little bit of interview. And we did like a small, like documentary style video and like, you know, three to five minutes or whatever it may have been. And then I would just kind of use that to send to people like, yo, like this is what I could do, but I'm so I'm willing to learn so much more. So like, I just put this together to show people. And then I was just hungry to be honest. Like I would try to get an internship, whatever experience with whoever. So I'm 2014, like someone tweeted, like someone tweeted, I need a production assistant. I literally just replied to them or DM them. Someone was like, yo, I'll do it. Like, I'll just come. I didn't know this person. I didn't have, I don't know where this tweet came from. And like, the craziest thing is like they replied and was like bet pull up like the next day and it ends up being creative control tv i'm not sure not sure if you heard of creative control tv but um if you haven't they produced the kanye west documentary on netflix they produced the muhammad ali uh documentary on hbo and this was a couple years before that stuff came out even came out right like so like i'm just and they used to work with dame dash they used to they actually shot the jesus walks music video so like it would for me it was just like that i learned so much like just being like yo i'm gonna be hungry i'll work whatever like that i saw a tweet and was like i'm gonna go after it and like i just got to work with those guys and kind of sit with them in, in a production studio and learn some of the things that they was doing so you literally was you know the tagline for shot calls obviously is call your own shots but you know you took that in the hustlers mentality of being from new york and also just taking what was around you, you know, the tools right. that were around you, the connection that you had um, to do that. And, you know, literally we're connecting the dots and, and shooting your shot with different opportunities. But, sure. you know, you were able to use what you had around you to kind of put together your own, you know, personal documents and portfolio and stuff like that, too. When we talk about, you know, kind of like the cold calling or like the reaching out to people as well. <laughs> What was kind of your approach to, to that? Like, did you have any nuance to it? Did you kind of go in there with the lead, like a script or something like that? You copy and paste it to everybody? Or is it like, yo, I'm sending my portfolio to everybody. Uh, you know, if I don't hear back, I don't care. I'm going to send it to the next person. Um, you know, what, what was that like? Yeah, honestly, like I was so young, I didn't have like a, a real good method to it. Like I just, and, and, and it comes from like, also like I didn't have anyone who was trying to be in the corporate industry whatsoever like my dad's a, a dean my mom works at a school as well like and, and has worked in the office but never like in the like i'm trying to climb the corporate ladder so like i had no one who could tell me like how does this work like i was just like i'm apply to as many internships at every company <laughs> as possible i'm gonna send my resume i'm a i'm a sign up for linkedin i'm a i'm gonna send people messages and like if I'm, I'm sure if I like went back and looked at some of those messages, I would probably cringe at like what I was saying or how I was phrasing some of that stuff. But like I was just so like raw and like I just didn't know what what way to go about it. I just knew that like if I kept knocking on the door at some point, like, you know, the door is going to fall down and I'm going to figure out like 
you know, I knew like if I just got one opportunity, like I was going to keep going. Like it was no way that I was going to stop at like a no. You know what I mean? Like, so honestly, no, no method to the madness. But I think it was just more about being relentless and trying to figure out, like, can I get one person to just say yes? Right. And, and that's all I kind of needed. Because really all you do is get into the door and then it doesn't have to be a forever opportunity, but it's an opportunity right now that you can take yeah. advantage of. You know, yeah. you kill it. You keep going, you finesse, you make it connections, you make it, you know, you build your network and then you're off to the next thing. So right. a lot of, you know, what you did is a lot, you know, what folks need to do now that are trying to get into the industry, sure. um, trying to pivot. Uh, they feel like they might be stuck or stagnant right now in, in one particular, you know, role or opportunity. You know, you got to keep shooting your shot because a no is not really yeah. a no. It's just maybe not right now. Yes. Yeah. It's a closed door, but you got to keep opening them up. Nah, for sure. I mean, I think a lot of those no's made me hungrier. And maybe some of those no's were like, it probably wasn't the right fit. Like, I might have did an internship just to do it. And like, who knows that would have like sent me down a path of, of like, not even in a bad way, just like thinking things differently, right? Like, maybe maybe getting all those no's made me like hungrier to want to do things. Like, you think about like, again, I said everything, I relate back to sports, but like, you think about like all the guys who play in the NBA who are second round draft picks, Draymond Green, who like, I think about, you know, they can name every guy in front of them who was drafted. Like, what if Draymond was drafted top 10? He might have not been as hungry, like, you know, or, or whatever that second round pick. Like, that helps. So I think that just kind of helped me have a chip on my shoulder or just say, like, I'm here. Like, I, I know how hard I work to be here. Like, I just, I can't let that opportunity go. Facts. I mean, you never know what, you know, how life works, what's working on in the background between it. I tell this story to, um, you know, my students and just anyone that's interested in, you know, how to get into the industry. But after I got out of grad school at Georgetown, you know, I'm thinking I'm hot. Shit. I'm thinking I'm going to fall right into something. I got this, you know, I got my undergrad degree. I got a little bit of experience. I went to grad school. I did this. Um, man, I came back home to New York and it was crickets. You know, I couldn't get nobody to respond to my email, uh, text messages and stuff like that. But you know, things work out in the background. And then again, you lean on your connections, lean on your network. Right. Um, and all it takes is one, you know, opportunity, one ball to bounce your way. And then it might be the best opportunity at that right. time. And I roll into body armor. And then I look back, that was one of my best, you know, professional <laughs> periods of, of, of my life. So, right. you know, what you're saying is, is extremely uh, on, on point in terms of, um, you know, staying the course and, not taking no, you know, as a as your final answer, but kind of to continue yeah. to fight on. And to that point about you, like no one, like you, you thinking like it's just gonna go like this. Like I, I graduate Georgetown and like I'm gonna have opportunities. Like I thought, like oh, I got this internship with Creative Control TV. Like I'm gonna just get inter. Like I still got a bunch of no's after. Like even after that, like it took me a while to really to really cement myself like in the industry, right? So like even after that, like. I didn't get another internship nowhere. Uh, I I literally started working at a dental insurance company, like turning pages, because I was like, I'm in college, I need some money. I'm not getting no internships right now. And like, I did that for like 15 months, 16 months, like no, no marketing background, just like working in dental insurance, taking classes and being like, damn, like one day I gotta figure out how to break in. And like thinking like it might not happen at this point, like, I've been, I don't have two years, two, two years been gone by without an internship. And one day I just get a call from like Viacom to interview 
for a position because I didn't apply there so many times. They probably was like, why you stopped applying? And right. they, they reached Where out to me. <laughs> like they really reached out to me. Like that's how crazy it was. I had applied to Viacom so many different internships. And um, <clears throat> and then the following week, I got um, I applied to an uh, internship with Damon John's marketing group. Um, Damon John from the Shark Group. Yeah. I mean, from Shark Bank, um, his marketing company called Shark Group. And like, next thing you know, um, I got two internship opportunities in front of me after like 16 months of nothing. You know what I mean? Um, and that's where things really started to take off. Because once I had those two kind of opportunities, I ended up going with the Shark Group. Then I, that, I parlayed that into another internship. And from there, that internship got me a full-time hire at the, at the company I was working at. No, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's the story, man. That's really how you do it. Um, right. So we talked about gaining that experience, you know, obviously creating your own portfolio, you know, understanding and learning, getting the reps of hit, getting the nose, and then finally, you know, getting accepted and, and, and getting roles and landing spots and opportunities. Before we get into, you know, the 2K League, what was kind of like your first foray into, you know, sports and entertainment? Like, how did you really get into that? Then to ultimately finesse into, uh, you know, NBA 2K League. Yeah. So um, after after interning with Damon John at the Shark Group, I got an internship at a place called Lead Dog Marketing Group, which was like a sports marketing agency. Um, and they had just and then they had just got acquired by CSM, which is um, CSM Sports and Entertainment, which is a global agency, you know, headquartered in London, offices in New York, Spain, like all over the world uh, with a plethora of agencies and now i'm interning here as a business development intern um look th you know trying to figure out like what is my role here like you know helping them with pitch decks trying to bring in new clients doing whatever i could there um in my last semester in college knowing like i'm not trying to go into like the job market trying to get a job after this semester like i'm trying to leave this internship with, with something job. right you want something right there I'm, i want them to be like yo we need you so uh i worked on a, on, on pitches like square they were trying to get into sports and, and and some festival stuff um and and there was a couple other clients i, I forget during my who um who else i worked on during my internship but essentially i would i would kind of be the guy who like if they needed something specific on basketball they knew that they could tap into my brain or if they needed something specific on like culture, right? Like who to write influencers, what are the right events to be at? Like who to write people to talk? Like they knew that like I can bring an idea. So while my internship happened, they ended up creating um, the creative strategy department. And I kind of just like moved into that for my full-time role. And from there it was like, I, you know, over time was a, was a client we would pitch on. And I would be able to work on like projects like that when the, you know, overtime was still bubbling and they were creating the overtime takeover. Um, so um, I uh, so I would I would be working on like a lot of sports projects. So overtime, TikTok wanted to get into like college students and around the March Madness. So I would work on that project. Um, uh, and then um, G League, I worked on that. We didn't win the project, but like those are the type of things I would work on their marketing campaign. And then ultimately, my big break was um high sense uh so uh during 2020 high sense became a client of ours and they really wanted to get into sports they had a partnership with Dwayne wade as a sponsor and endorser and they didn't they wanted to do a social media campaign 
And they were like, we don't have an MBA partnership, but like, how can we activate around the MBA? Um, and it just so, you know, the MBA bubble was coming back and, you know, we just had this, I, I was able to, you know, at this time I'd been two, three years into my career. I was a manager. Um, so now I'm leading projects and I'm not like, you know, doing, you know, I'm not the coordinator. So now I'm like coming up with the ideas and the strategy and, uh, that was one of those things where like I was able to, you know, develop the social media campaign and, and, and figure out how do we, you know, activate without the sponsorship. And we came up with this really cool campaign that involved Dwayne Wade, Blake Griffin, a few other NBA players um, and really helped Hisense break into the sports market um, as a Chinese TV manufacturer because it's their first time. And then it went so well that they was like, yo, can we do this for football season? So I got to do that again and work with Rob Gronkowski. Um, from there. And then that, again, you know, that led to like some award recognition for the campaign and myself individually. And then I also got to work on um, HBO's Winning Time, um, uh, the series about the uh, the 1980s Lakers, Max Johnson and them, which is super fun for me. Um, and like from there, that's when I was like, you know, really enjoyed this, but was looking for a new opportunity and was able to make my way to the NBA. Yo, so that's a big piece right there. Obviously, all the dope stuff you did, winning time, you know, getting the recognition and working on projects from the NBA to the NFL major. But in a in a real key piece is in terms of career and professional development trajectory is knowing when, all right, this is it's time for the next, you know, right. opportunity. It's yeah. time for the next jump. What was that like in your head? Like, what was it that you knew that, you know, you were ready for the next thing? You, you had graduated from, you know, all the accomplishments that you've done from those previous platforms. And yeah. now you're for the next. I think it's just honestly, it's, it was a, it's, a, it's a lot of things. One, I think internally, like, I'm just always trying to stay motivated and like trying to find a new challenge and something to do. I think also just like working there. I loved working at CSM. I have nothing but amazing things to say. But like, I was working, with, I was working with people who who had worked there for so long that it felt like after a while, like they were just teaching me all the things that like they've worked. You know, they've only learned there, and I wanted to learn from different people as well. Like, I'm the type of person who wants to just always learn, 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 learn. And I just, you know, I feel like the more people I can learn from, the more I can add to my toolbox and just continue to like be more well rounded. And then lastly, like I just had a transparent conversation. Um, with the person who led the creative strategy team, he was like, look, social media is never going to be like the bread and butter of this agency. You know, we're an experiential marketing agency. Social media briefs come in once in a while. And sometimes social media is a part of a brief. It's a small part. And we can always put you on that. But he also could tell that I wasn't being fulfilled in like working on experiential marketing. And he had he was like, look, this is just never going to be the, the number one thing. And that transparent conversation let me know, like I need to define opportunities where I wanted to work on social media full-time and content full-time. And then just the right opportunity just happened to come at a time where I was looking. And like, of course, like I said, I played basketball, you see something, an opportunity at the NBA, like it was a no brainer to try to at least try to get that position. And you you saw the, the trajectory of the business you know, the industry moving more towards social, whether whatever platforms it, it, it are, you know, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter X, you know, what have you, you saw that next step in that next foray into social media and that platform being a world right. of itself. And it was the right time to make that jump. So 
timing is is key is everything as well so um no salute to you for you know recognizing that and, and definitely a good life lesson professionally and personally as well um so you you make that transition you know you get the you know you see the opportunity within the nba and in the 2k league you know for, for those that are unfamiliar with the 2k league let, let us know how that works with the nba and just give us a glimpse into your role right now with that yeah, so the NBA 2K League, um, it, it's funny because there's always a big educational part for people learning about the NBA 2K League. But um, obviously, everyone knows the NBA. And then there's Take-Two Interactive, who creates the NBA 2K video game because um, they licensed the name from the NBA. They, create, they came together to create a joint venture called the NBA 2K League, which is a professional esports league for people competing in NBA 2K. So the top players in the world who are or elite at NBA 2K are drafted onto teams to drafted the Knicks gaming or Lakers gaming, and then they're able to to make a you know they get a salary, they're paid um, for six months, and then each tournament we we have I think eight tournaments in our season, um, and you're able there's a prize pool for each tournament, so the total prize pool for the entire season is two and a half million dollars. Um, and in each tournament, a prize pool can be $150,000 or it could be $250,000 or, um, you know, what the, the playoffs for 5v5 is a million dollars, which gets broken out. But the winner gets 500K, you know, so um, it's, a, it's a growing esports league um, with the top with the top NBA 2K players in the world. So, again, another leap into an opportunity that was right on time. And obviously, you know, with the pandemic. You know, people were inside more. People were working from home more. I mean, shit, I, I even picked up Call of Duty, you know, during the pandemic. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. online for a little bit, you know, Madden, uh, you know, yeah. stuff like that, too. That, you know, kind of coincided with the rise in, in esports and gaming and stuff like that as well. You know, another case of right time, right place. Um, you know, what was that like in terms of being there during that rush of, you know, esports and gaming and that rise uh, with that? Because obviously it was beyond just playing it. It became a business. Arenas are being sold out to play these games. Brand partnerships are right. integrated as well. So, um, you know, how did that look from a, you know, a business standpoint as well? Yeah, for me, I, externally coming in, I was just like, it was a no-brainer because NBA 2K is such a popular game. Two million user, active daily people play the game every day, right? So, you know, there's a big user base there there's a big fan base for the game um uh and then trying to figure out how to get that to people watching people watching right so from a from the outset i'm looking at esports and saying like you know the year before i joined they're playing because no sports are being played in 2020 they're playing their games on espn so like that already telling me like there is appetite um for this by larger media companies right like you know obviously you couldn't play games in arenas, but you can still play esports online and people can still watch that. And, and, and ESPN is like, yo, we'll air that. We'll broadcast that. Like, we don't got NBA games. Like, so like that helped. I realized like, okay, like this thing is bubbling. It's not at its apex yet, but it's bubbling. And I'm, I'm, I'm down to getting on the ground floor. And I'm just looking at, you know, how many young kids are, are not watching TV and are playing games on their phone or on Twitch, right? We stream our, we stream our broadcasts on Twitch, and that's a, that's you know, one of the biggest platforms right now online for people to watch content. So I was just looking at it like, man, from a business standpoint, this thing still has a lot of room to grow. 
Um, and it has, it's only in this, it's, we're only going to be in our seventh season in 2024. So again, still very early in it, in its life cycle. Um, and I was just looking at it like, yeah, like there, there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, and it's just going to take people to kind of help understand and learn about the industry. Cause you know, the, the esports industry is super immature. It, it needs to grow. It needs to have its moment yet. It needs to kind of understand what it is. And, um, excuse me, people around it would need to kind of understand what it is. And then, you know, once that happens, media and brands will sort of be able to see, like, I can target a specific audience and, and work with them, right? Like, we have the 18 to 24 year old audience, right? They play video games, they watch other people play video games, they want to learn how to get better at video games. So, you know, once a brand like Gatorade is like, yo, we want to talk to this audience, and you guys have them, that starts to infuse money. And once that starts to infuse money, the pots grow. Once the pot grows, people are like, oh, I can make more money. I want to continue to do this. Like, this is an opportunity for me. Then the media exposure grows. So I think it's all just kind of like at its very early life cycle. And as as more of that continues to happen, like, I think you'll see, see it bubbling for sure. I mean, you talk about the people that play the, the games, you know, and some of them are even considered professionals. After a couple of years, they're doing their thing, you know, making a killing making a lot of money, almost like a version of NIL, but just for video game playing. But also, right. you had NBA, you had professionals playing, you know, the games as well. It, you know, NBA ball players that, you know, play 2K day right. in and day out, you know, they're getting in on the action, they're twitching, they're streaming, um, you know, they're doing their thing too. So a lot of it, uh, you know, obviously it's still going on now, but a lot of it was a heightened awareness with the brands that you mentioned, um, with the partnerships, and then also with the talent infusion that's coming in and really sure. getting into action as well uh, was a huge piece too. So um, yep. definitely some dope stuff. Um, curious about you know some highlights. Uh, I know you guys had some uh, some dope events over the summer, I believe. So you know anything that you could share? Just talk, talking about any rollouts or any notable projects um, that you that you talked that you uh, were a part of as well. Yeah, man, I'm I'm super I'm super proud of the work that the social media team has done. Um, small team, as you can imagine, it's a startup. The league operates like a startup. So people forget um, that though. That's a great point. It is a startup environment. Like people yeah. think NBA and it, no, yeah. it's you know. No, it's a, it's a it's a 20, 22, 21 person league. The social media team is you know three people. One is a, a contract contractor. So like it, it's still very much a startup environment. Um, and what I'm most proud of is like in my first year there, uh, views grew 400% on, across social media on the board. So we went from 11 and a half million views the year before I joined to 67 million views after the year I joined. And then this past season, we went from 67 million views to 109 million views. So to me, like that's, that to me is like, uh, I'm so proud of the team just for like being able to say like, we gonna put together a strategy and then we're going to go out and execute on that strategy um, to help grow this, right? Like that, that's what you need. You need to help grow this in, in some way. And like, to me, that's a direct impact um, uh, of like the work and showing like there is a bigger fan base that we can reach. We just kind of got to like continue to create the content, help understand who that audience is that we're trying to reach and then help broaden it a little bit. You know, um, right now it's very specific to, to the top 1%, 5% of the players, but like, how can we get more of the fan base interested? So I think that's one of the things I'm super proud of is just like the performance increase year over year for us. And then I think um, we're starting to see just like more exciting events happen 
um, at the 2K League. I think in my in my two seasons here, the best event we've ever had just happened. Um, we did an NBA 2K League All-Star game inside the NBA headquarters in, in New York. Uh, it was crazy. We took over two floors. We built out a stage and players competed. Uh, we had a, a invited guest list. It was packed. We literally turned away people, which was crazy. Um, and then, you know, guys were competing um, uh, on top of a big screen inside the MA office. Um, it, it was crazy. Um, and yeah, you know, guys went home with prize money. We awarded MVPs that night, um, six man of the year, all that kind of stuff. Not six man of the year, excuse me, most improved defensive player of the year, all that rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. So I think it was a, a super exciting event and things that were, you know, one of those things that we're trying to see more of hopefully in the future. Man, I, I've seen some of the prize money, man. So I might have to get my uh, my 2K skills up a little bit because y'all yeah. get a lot of money. So, uh, yeah. no, super dope. Super, super dope, man. Um, you know, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll wrap up shortly, but um, want to first get your your ideas on the outlook of you know not only the sports and entertainment industry, but <clears throat> the answer social media and content creation and stuff like that. What do you see as like the next foray within the next five five ten years with for social within the sports media landscape as well? Yeah, I think I think uh, sports sports media and, and social media is a at an interesting point right now. I think what you see in sports is a lot of uh, people building out the personalities of, you know, whether that's the creators, but like the athletes on the field, right? Obviously we've seen a lot of athletes uh, create their own podcasts, create their own shows, either whether they're retired or they're current athletes. Um, and I think you're gonna see more of that. I think you're gonna see a lot more brand equity and, and investment equity from players. Um, not just like um, in their own platforms, but being being able to jump into kind of like ownership of just like the sports teams, um, right? And we've already begun to see that, right? Like some of the top, top players are doing it, but I think you're going to see more players across the board kind of kind of get into it. And I think like, like everything, right? Like we've seen um, women's sports increase in media exposure, which thankfully it is happening because they're some of the top athletes. Um, but I think you're going to see, and especially basketball, the WNBA, they've had a great moment. And I'm happy that people are starting to really invest in them. But I think you're going to see more people invest into other sports, right? Like, you know, pickleball is growing. And and there's the uh, the Olympics just added a couple of sports I saw to, that, to their There you go, flag football, right? So I think what you're going to see is, like, people are understanding, like, all right, it don't have to be one of the top four major sports leagues in in um, in the U.S. to talk to people. It doesn't have to be football, basketball, baseball, hockey, right? You can, if you want to reach people, it's actually kind of is smarter to invest a smaller amount of money in a specific group because if you if you want to talk to, you know, a particular audience, maybe the handball league has that audience where like you can do a lot more custom, you can do a lot more investment there, whether you're a brand or a media or creator, um, and, and that might go a long, long way. I think um, we've seen it in the social media world where um, smaller creators, uh, micro micro influencers are always like kind of, they get more engagement on their stuff because their audience is authentic versus like always working with like the biggest names or the biggest brands or the biggest leagues. Um, it, you know, they, they, they cast a wide net, but they don't always get like, you know, the hardcore people. So I think that's what you're going to see is just like a lot more 
um, of the emerging brands or leagues or creators kind of like make their way. And I'm hoping, and I don't know this, but I'm hoping that there's, you know, a, a new social media platform that kind of breaks the mold and like what we, what we've seen um, Twitter now known as X kind of isn't doing the same things that it used to do. Um, Instagram and, and Meta are, I think, continuing to figure out really what their platforms are going to evolve into. Uh, TikTok has a stranglehold on, on the community right now, but they're always something legislative that they're talking about that might happen with them. But I think there's an opportunity right now for someone else to come into in the social media space and really make some noise. Yeah, definitely a lot of emerging platforms um, that are coming out there. You hear about fan base with Isaac Hayes, you know, doing that. Um, you know, Sip talked about TikTok threads, obviously, is, you know, trying to make, you know, some noise as well, too. Right. So, um, we'll be interested to see what the next couple of years look like, but that makes sense. Um, uh, before we get to rapid fire, real quick, any tips, advice to one, you know, men and women trying to break <clears throat> the industry? Um, or you know specific insight into social media content strategy stuff like that as well yeah i think look i just told my story like one i'm always gonna say like just keep going keep trying like um and even when you get no's just keep going and even when you start and, and it and it goes in a, a different way like keep going um i have a phrase a mantra that i've always told myself it's like life doesn't always go as planned but that's why it's worth living um, just think about any movie or book. If it, everything went in, in how it's supposed to go in the movie, then like it would it would be a boring movie. It would be a boring book. You're not supposed to, but it, you know those pitfalls help kind of tell the story and kind of help move you forward. So um, that's my mantra, and that, that's something I tell people like who's trying to break in or having a hard time. And then specifically for social media, I would say just like um, you have the power in your phone to kind of just do it. Um, it takes a second and um, you're watching content all day. That's the best way to learn. Like the way, the best way for me to do my job is to be on TikTok for 15 minutes, to be on Twitter for an hour, to be on Instagram. Like, what is happening? What are people posting? All right, and then taking a second to analyze it. Right, all right. Bleacher Report posts content like this. Why? What kind of engagement? What are they? Who are they looking to attract? Complex does something like this. All right, they're not sports. They're different, but like, how are they still crossing over into culture and tapping into different things? xyz creators is posting this type of content um how does that kind of layer up like all right they're now they're posting a, a piece of content with a brand how does that work you know how is that different from their typical day-to-day -day content um so i think like if you're if you really want to get into social media it's, it's about learning and just like anything else like look at the platforms what are they doing how are they changing um and then start creating like go out there try something make something mess up try again get some notes, ask people. And then you, you mentioned it earlier, build your network, reach out to people um, and, and build those relationships so that like you can ask questions, you know, and then as people get to know you, I'm sure what I've learned is like people are willing to help Adam, um, down the road. No, that's, that's spot on, man. Like, like you said, like you gotta get reps, you gotta, you know, get some bumps and bruises and that way you learn. That's how, you know, experience is the best teacher. So uh, definitely makes sense um cool we're gonna wrap up real quick but i want to get into some uh some good rapid fire real quick so okay. i hope you're ready uh you know. all right cool favorite sports movie um he got game okay i'm with you on that uh mount rushmore nba players <laughs> uh, i hate this question this is gonna be a lot of debate um i'm so over the debates but 
uh, Mount Rushmore, uh, No Order, MJ, Braun, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and um, Magic. Okay. All right. You got you got an old soul. I respect that. I respect that <laughs> one. Um, all right. Favorite sports story or, or meeting? Favorite sports story or meeting? Yeah, wow, if you met crazy. an athlete or, or some type yeah. of a uh, you know, story, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, favorite sports story meeting. Um, I'm sure there's one that I'm not thinking of, but the ones that come to mind for me right now is when I was like 11 years old, 10 years old or something like that. I went to a USA basketball practice. Um, they were practicing at John Jay. This might have been like 2003, I want to say. Um T-Mac, Allen Iverson, Richard Jefferson, Tim Duncan, a lot of those guys, uh, maybe like 2002. And uh, it, those guys were just so welcoming to have people like me around and, and just kind of like chop it up. And, you know, I'm the kid running around like T-Mac was my favorite player ever, Allen Iverson as well. And uh, it that was like an amazing experience for me as a kid, just kind of seeing those guys, seeing them be human beings and just like playing with us and like, you know, playing jokes on us, running around, like that that kind of stuff was really cool. Dope. Okay, last one. Uh, NBA's finals matchup and winner. <laughs> um, great question. I think right now it's Nuggets versus Celtics in the finals. Um, and I, I, I got uh, – I think the Nuggets go back-to-back, -back, unfortunately. Back-to-back. -back. You got to respect the champs. Respect the champs. Cool, it. man. Um, Jamel, appreciate you again. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the jewels. Uh, you, you dropped a lot of gems, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, the, the future viewers and listeners uh, will take heed to it as well. So keep pushing the culture forward. Appreciate you, man. And uh, I'll, I'll speak to you soon. Appreciate you having me on, brother. Later. Later.